1: Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot to get to on a Thursday edition of the show like normal. Some good and bad news from the BYU basketball world. We'll talk about both of those things in the first segment of today's show. you also hear from BYU Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes. He joined DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network yesterday. We'll get to some of his comments about the Cougars as well as catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do all brought to you today by our title sponsor deseret first credit union can't thank them enough for their continued patronage as the title sponsor of this podcast with that said let's get to it this is locked on cougars for october 24th 2019 What's up, guys? I'm Jay catch your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. I won't lie to you guys right up front, I was not in attendance at Midnight Madness last night at the Marriott Center, but I woke up early this morning as I do morning sports radio for the Zone Sports Network with DJ and PK. And reading up on it, it sounds like it was quite the event. Mark Pope had the BYU, the Rock section as well as just all the fans in attendance to rush the court and told them to remember that feeling in March. Obviously, a reference to BYU hopefully making a run in March, in uh, March Madness, obviously, with the NCAA tournament. We'll see how that plays out. There's a long season ahead. BYU will have a lot staring them in the face as they try to return to the NCAA tournament for the first time in, I believe, what, five, six years at this point? It's been a lengthy spell without the NCAA tournament coming, well having BYU being in the NCAA tournament and they're hoping to turn that around so all things considered it sounds like it was a fun event for BYU fans to go out to at Midnight Madness a lot took place, a lot of events, a lot of um, Different uh, activities going on at the Marriott Center. A lot of them uh, Halloween or fall themed. And it sounds like it was a good, good event. 2,737 people in attendance. So a good turnout overall. Uh, the BYU fans there, considering the Marriott Center, can hold up, uh, upwards of 18,000. It's probably not a bad seat to be had because a lot of the fans probably could get down closer to the court and really enjoy it. Uh, the news coming out from this uh, was that Blaze Neal, the walk-on guard for BYU. suffered a sprained ankle. But should not miss that much time. Also, Mark Pope said after uh, the event, speaking with the media, that uh, Zach Selias, one of those sharp shooting uh, wing players, he is making good progress in re- his return from surgery during the off season during that Italy trip, and the hope is the uh, expectation is that he'll be back in time for the regular season debut, just a week o- over a week away. I would I would not push him back. I would let him get back to full strength and full go before you put him back out on the court. But if he's ready to go, put him out there. Uh, so yeah, good event all the way around for Marchman. Not oh, Marchman! It's Midnight Madness for BYU basketball. Uh, sounds like it was a fun event had by all. And congratulations on a event well uh, well done by BYU basketball as well as BYU athletics. Should be a lot of fun this season to track the Cougars. And of course, we'll have it all covered for you here on Locked On. Cougars. Now, on a more somber note, uh, news broke last night via an Instagram post by his wife. uh, Former BYU basketball coach Dave Rose uh, suffered what doctors characterize as a, quote, major heart attack. Cheryl said on Instagram, uh, the quote she had in her tag to this said, quote, the doctors use words like severe, major, and widow maker, but they went to work and gave us more time together. We are overwhelmed by the love and support from so many, and most of most of all, your prayers. Grateful for some incredible guys that stopped by to cheer us up, and most of all, I'm grateful for my guy. He's the best, and I'm so glad he's still here. We are too, uh, Mrs. Rose. That is a scary situation, and of course, Coach Rose retired earlier on at the end of last season from BYU Basketball. He's also survived pancreatic cancer for over a decade at this point, and wishing nothing, nothing but the best for Dave Rose as he recovers from this, and it sounds like Doctors took good care of him, and hopefully he's able to get back on his feet in short order. Tim Lacombe, a guy we've had on the podcast in the past, reported late last night that, quote, Rose looks awesome and is one tough dude after making a visit to him in the hospital earlier yesterday. So some scary news all the way around for Dave Rose because heart attacks are never anything to trifle with. And when you're using the term Widowmaker, that's a scary deal because it's just its something you don't want to hear about about anybody, particularly a guy who is one of the all-time legends in the BYU basketball program. So once again nothing but the best thoughts and prayers go out to Dave Rose and his family as he recovers uh, from this heart attack. And here's hoping he's back on his feet in short order and able to get back to doing everything he needs to do. Uh, he's got a lot going on in his life. He came in and joined uh, Patrick Kinahan earlier this offseason for a radio show and said that he was really enjoying uh, retired life, doing the different things he's been, able to, he's been able to do since retiring. And here's hoping he get back to that in short order. Alright, uh, we'll switch gears, talk some BYU football here in just a moment uh, Catch up with um, Jeff Grimes a BYU offensive coordinator He joined DJ and PK in the morning yesterday, had some great thoughts on the offense as a whole, recapturing the energy from the upset of Boise State and bottling it ahead of their game at Utah State a week from Saturday So we'll get to all of that here in just a moment Before we do that though, a reminder for you guys that erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle but now there's Roman to help you guys out Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. All right, guys, Jeff Grimes, BYU offensive coordinator, joined DJ and PK yesterday on the Zone Sports Network, had some great thoughts on his offense, what he expects from them going forward as they enter the stretch run of the season here. Of course, BYU will enjoy their second bye week this week before heading to face in-state rival Utah State next Saturday at Maverick Stadium, 8 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2. But some great thoughts on how Jeff Grimes feels that BYU can bottle the energy from that upset win over Boise State and hopefully carry it forward against Utah State and throughout the rest of the season. So let's get to it. Here is Jeff Grimes with DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network yesterday. Thanks to them for letting us use it here on Locked on Cougars.
2: So I'm wondering, Jeff, how you recapture that form of desperation that you had against Boise when you play Utah State, because as you know, football, particularly when you're playing an in-state game like this, it's nice that you won a couple of weeks ago, but everyone's going to be expecting, even more so since you beat Boise, to take that channel that effort that you had against boise and have the same thing as logan so can what can you do to repeat that effort do you need to drum into these guys that you actually lost the boise game or how would you get it to where they need to be
3: yeah that's a that's an excellent question um if i could answer that then then um that I'd be a great coach. <laughs> I, I think I think um, our players will be motivated to play that game, and you know that's college football is funny. Um, the team that is most inspired to play um, often wins, or at least gives themselves a chance to win. Sometimes even when they shouldn't on game day. And I know that sounds crazy to, to people that haven't been a part of the game, um, because you only play. 12 or 13 times in college football during the season, you'd think you'd be up every Saturday to play, but um, it just doesn't, it doesn't always happen that way. And so my goal, and I know Kalani's goal is, is to create a team that shows up every Saturday hungry to win. Um, But, but we're not quite there yet as as a team and so i think this this next game in logan will be a, a great opportunity a great test for us to show that we've that we've matured enough to put two big games back to back
0: BYU offensive coordinator jeff grimes joining us here on 975 and 1280 the zone how have you had to change things as you've gone through uh, multiple running backs and now multiple quarterbacks. You're you're three deep at quarterback this year as well. How how has that changed your job as offensive coordinator?
3: Um, you know, I I think a fortunate thing is the players we have played with have had similar skill sets, um, particularly at at quarterback and running back. And I would say that we've that we've tweaked some things more than we've had to really change a lot you know we might change this this run play to this formation maybe you run this one from the pistol instead of offset because this guy does that a little bit better um maybe this this quarterback does this this concept just a little bit better but we haven't we haven't had to alter things a whole lot um probably change a little bit more with the offensive line with the injuries there just um just simplifying and, and doing things to help them out a little bit with some of those young guys in there.
2: I was so impressed with Finau and the way he ran with a level of passion. And I know you have to have holes by the offensive line and all that stuff, but how important is it for the, for the running back to run pretty much, it seems so simple to say, but as hard and as, as intense as he can?
3: Yeah, I, I thought both of both of the backs that played, um, you know, soup was banged up too, so the two guys him and, and Peeney, I thought both ran with with a lot of passion and a lot of energy and that just has a way of inspiring your whole team. Right. You know, I, I just there's something that a running back can do when he makes a big run, whether it's whether it's the big touchdown run on, on the option or whether it's um a run between the tackles that that a guy drags a couple of guys and and makes a hard fought first down that that has a way of really inspiring your linemen and tight ends to block just a little bit harder and yep. inspires everybody I think to to play with confidence.
2: But particularly at home too, because that gets the crowd really going.
3: Yeah.
0: So you've got Utah State coming up, and you know as an independent, you don't. See teams and build up the same reservoir of knowledge, especially among the players, as you might if you were in a conference playing somebody every year. But you are playing Utah State every year, so you'd think you'd have something to draw on there, except they just had a coaching change. So, how different are they? How much are you starting over with these guys in preparation as well?
3: They are different, certainly, um, but we we have a lot of familiarity with with the staff. You know, I've played against Gary several times, and certainly. a Rod and and Fessy and Steve and know those guys as well as as Justin. And there there's some familiarity with the staff that I think will help. But every year takes on a little bit uh, different flavor, and so they're playing just a little bit different than they have. And um, as always, though, that that team plays plays hard and plays physical, and I think they do a great job getting um, getting a lot out of their players.
2: We often hear that some coaches have philosophies and staffs have philosophies a player doesn't lose his position due to injury I'm not sure what your and Kalani's uh, philosophy is regarding that but how are you going to approach that position at quarterback if Hall is cleared
3: yeah that's going to be that's going to be a challenge for us but a good one you know it's always better to have those situations where you have where you have more guys playing and you're trying to decide who's going to play rather than not and we're going to let them both practice and compete and see who who practices better and looks more ready. But we um, we haven't made a decision on that yet, and probably won't until sometime uh, in the latter part of next week.
0: How much do you address consistency issues with the guys, and how much do you not have to address it because they already know it and it speaks for themselves? I mean, you beat Tennessee and USC, but you lost to Toledo and South Florida. Then you beat Boise State. Man, if I had predicted that at the start of the year, first off, people would have thought I was crazy, and then I would have turned out to be some kind of crazy genius. <laughs>
3: yeah, um, you know, you address it, you address it weekly, Um, but then once that game's over, you got to move on, you know, and so you just, you don't talk about what happened. I don't anyway, and I don't think most coaches do. You don't talk about any of the wins that happened before or the losses. Um, You really just try to focus on playing our very best this week. I think if you get caught up in too much of that other stuff, then you're, you're focusing on things that don't matter. Really. I think you focus on what, what has allowed us to play well this year and when we've played well um, we've we've done the things that typically win games you know we haven't turned the football over and we've showed up excited to play and and um, scored in the red zone the things that you always talk about and so um, I think we just really try to focus on those things and and then lean on our leaders. I've tried to do a, a better job this year, leaning on. The leaders of our offense, um, on, on Micah Simon, on Matt Bushman, on Brady Christensen, James Empey, those guys that are, that are the strongest leaders on our team, I've tried to lean on them to impress upon the young guys that, that you have to show up ready to play every week and then and then what a big game this is against Utah State.
2: Do you think the offense has gone to Matt Bushman enough this season in the passing game?
3: no, I don't think you could ever throw the ball too much to a guy like Matt. Um, but I don't think the ball has gone enough to Micah either or to Talon either. You know, I mean, when you, have, when you have guys that can make plays, you know, there's only one football that can go around. And certainly Matt's at the top of that list. And, and we've tried a lot. Some teams have worked a little bit harder and done a little bit better job than others of covering him whether that be putting a guy on him who could actually cover him man to man pressing him at the line of scrimmage and making it hard for him to get off the line that can be a challenge for a tight end sometimes it's a little bit longer and takes a little bit uh more time to get going or or with double coverage and some teams have done have done both of those things to him and so when that happens we've got other guys we feel like we can get the football to but we've certainly tried to target him and, and we'll continue to find ways to get the ball to him. You can't get the ball to him too much.
0: Jeff Grimes, BYU offensive coordinator, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What have you thought of the offensive line play as a group this year?
3: Inconsistent. Like the rest of our offense, there have been times um, where where I look at how we're playing and I'm proud of those guys and I go, okay, this is... This is a group that now is, is making the the kind of jump that, that we hoped they would this year, but they are still young, and we have been playing musical chairs a little bit, and nobody's expectation level for the offensive line is higher than mine is, and so I'm, I'm often not pleased regardless of, of their outcome, but um, – I thought this last week in particular they came together and and played well even given the fact that we were out four guys you know we had four guys that were out and and another guy who was who was dressed for the game but but probably only at about 70% of his full capacity and so um I felt like this last Saturday was one of our better performances and and we're certainly hoping to build on that.
2: What was different or better with you on the sidelines?
3: Um, I, don't, I don't know if anything was necessarily better. I think, you know, I spent most of my career on the sideline and started out the season down there last year and then felt like um, when we made the switch in style and switched to Zach as a quarterback um, and went more no huddle, I went up just because I felt like it would give me a better, a better viewpoint. Um, and that's certainly true, but I just felt like we needed a little bit more something on the sideline, a little bit more, um, energy, confidence, toughness, accountability, any, any of those things that I felt like I might be able to add and not that, not that I necessarily have, have more of it than other people, but, um, I do have a voice and, and, um, I just felt like it would be a, a positive for our team for me to be down there. And, and I mentioned it to Kalani, and he agreed. And then I think another big part of it is what does your staff look like, and do you have guys that you can trust up in the box? And we, we certainly do. And so, you know, we honestly, we call the game together collaboratively um, anyway. we We put together the game plan that way. I've said that since – since the first day I was hired, that this wasn't going to be my offense. It was going to be our offense. And so A-Rod does a great job of seeing things during the game. Steve Clark helps to a great extent upstairs as well. Chute Fessy does a great job, even on the sidelines. There are times that he he says, hey, how about this play right here? So um, if I didn't have what I do in terms of the help at other places, I I don't know that I'd be able to do that as the O.C., but – the experience and the quality of our staff, I think, gives me the flexibility to go either place.
1: There you go, Jeff Grimes. Great thoughts. He said his offensive line has been inconsistent at best. As we talked about last week, Jeff Grimes is more involved with the offensive line right now and has been over the last week or so than he has been at any point in his BYU tenure to this point. He's had some good offensive line coaches. Ryan Pugh was a great coach last year. Eric Mateos, there should be nothing said about Eric Mateos being a bad coach. It's just Jeff Grimes wants to make sure that the offensive line as he wants them to be is the, quote, tip of the spear of BYU. BYU's offense. Of course, they've dealt with multiple injuries along the offensive front. This bye week should go a long way hopefully to getting guys like Tristan Hodge, you hope a guy like Kiefer Longson as well as um, Keanu Saliapaga back to full health in short order. Get them back on the field and help bolster this BYU offensive line. I thought they had a good showing pretty much across the board against Boise State, particularly Blake Freeland is a true freshman. uh, 18 years old going out there. Probably a little bit underweight to be playing right tackle at this point in his BYU career. But I thought he played relatively well. BYU, of course, helped him out with chips from tight ends, double teams, and the like. But I thought it was a good showing overall. Once again, thanks to Jeff Grimes for joining DJ and PK, and by extension us us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. If you want to hear the entirety of that interview, we played about half of it, maybe just a little bit over half. You can go to 1280thezone.com, go to DJ and PK's show page, and you can find it there. It's also available on all podcatchers like this podcast is. You can just search out DJ and PK in the morning, and it'll be right there for you guys. All right, we'll catch you up on everything that's going on in BYU sports news here in just a moment. We do need to take a moment today, though, and talk to you about today's title sponsor on the podcast, and that's our good friends at Deseret First Credit Union. They're asking everyone right now, what is your passion? What is your why? And they're also asking, have you considered refinancing your mortgage, your home loan, to save some money and help fund that passion project? Refinancing doesn't have to be a hard process or even cost you anything if you don't want, and with rates still a crazy low numbers right now. We're still in the threes, near historic lows. Now is a great time to consider refinancing your mortgage and keeping more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinancing from Deseret First, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month. The DFCU mortgage team is here to work with you and find the right loan for your situation. Give them a call, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in just five minutes or less, guys. It's a great opportunity to save some money, put some money back into your pocket. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Fund your passion project, refinance your home loan, and check out Deseret First Credit Union to help you do that. Once again, Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC, terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. All right. As we close out today's edition of the podcast, can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of Locked on Cougars. If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe or follow the podcast on whichever podcast you're listening to us on. Give us a favorable rating and review. It really does help get the word out about the podcast. Even if you're a longtime listener and you haven't done so, I would ask you guys to do it. It doesn't take but a moment to do it, but it really does mean a lot to us. They're worth their weight in podcast gold, as we like to say here in the podcast sphere. And can't thank you guys enough once again for for continuing to listen to this podcast each and every day as we talk BYU sports with you all week long. All right, let's run down everything else you need to know about BYU sports here real quick. Number four, BYU women's soccer was on the road in Portland last night, scored two goals in the first half to take a 2-0 win over the Portland Pilots and stay undefeated on the season. Mac Herman, trophy nominee Elise Flake, put BYU on the board in the 20th minute. Ashton Brockbank added a goal in the 32nd minute, and that's all BYU needed to secure the win. And they head back home this Saturday as they host the San Diego Toreros at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. The game will be broadcast on BYU TV and, of course, audio broadcast on the BYU Sports Network. So, best of luck to Jennifer Rockwood's team as they look to stay undefeated Saturday night at Southfield. But a big win on the road over Portland yesterday. Uh, men's golf wrapped up playing the Pacific Invitational. They shot a 2 under 284 team score yesterday to secure a second place finish at the Invitational. A good showing once again for the BYU men's golf team. They should stay in the top 10 nationally with this showing. Rhett Rasmussen led BYU with a 4th place finish at 8 under par. Carson Lindell shot the low score of the day for the Cougars with a 67 to finish 4 under and tied for 7th. Peter Kest finished 3 under, tied for 10th. And Cole Ponich, 2 over, tied for 34th. A good showing for BYU. They'll take a couple of weeks off here before they head back out on the road for the St. Mary's Invitational in Pebble Beach, California, November 4th. 4th through the 6th. They'll be the final tournament of the fall season. We'll keep you updated as that gets a little bit closer. Final note for you guys today is that BYU men's tennis star Sean Hill earned his second ITA regional championship title yesterday. Had a great showing. Actually uh, had a championship match between him and his teammate Mateo Varro Melendez. Uh, Hill won 6-1, 6-1, claimed his second title as an ITA regional champion. His first since winning it in 2017. So congratulations to Sean Hill on that Championship. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough once again for joining us. Thanks to the Zone Sports Network for letting us use part of that uh, Jeff Grimes interview. Go to 1280 zone.com to hear the entirety of that interview. It's a great chance to catch up with Jeff Grimes during the bye week. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow with some more on BYU football, BYU basketball, and every other BYU sport, obviously, as we cover the Cougars for you each day on this podcast. Please follow the show on social media, Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Follow me at Jacob C Hatch, or of course you can drop the show a note via email anytime by emailing us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, enjoy whatever's left of your Thursday. We'll talk to you soon. This has been Locked On Cougars for October 24th, 2019.